Wow, the air smells good here. No car fumes, no restaurant grease, just... The faintly sweet smell of verdant pastures and cloudless autumn skies. I'm afraid of dying here. And that's like a very honest answer. I'm scared of dying here. Because from my own myopic experience, the only in here is death. The only thing is that you, you die broke, poor, and sickly. This is Indebted, South Carolina Public Radio's deep dive into the ecosystem of debt in the Palmetto State. I'm Scott Morgan. In this episode, a stopover in a place of timeless, fatal beauty, Barnwell County, and how a lack of opportunities passed down through generations is the backdrop for one of the worst places for debt in the United States, where, for so many, the only road to a good life is the one heading far away from here. How do you reconcile the beauty of a place with the ugliness an 18-year-old sees when he looks out his own window? Places like this have a lot worth embracing, but only if you choose to embrace it. For a lot of people who come from here, choice is not on the table. For them, today is uncertain, and yesterday is written in pain, sometimes so sharply that a young man who's never lived anywhere but here knows he doesn't want his obit to say that he died here, too. It's hard to feel indifferent about this place. There is a timelessness here, but that timelessness is a double-edged sword, pastoral and quiet and lush on one edge, and the death of progress and hope and opportunity on the other. I don't, I just, I don't want to be around here. There's nothing around here. So I want to go somewhere you have plenty of opportunities. I'd like you to meet Mia Cohen. Like her friend, Jorel Banks, the young man who's afraid of dying here, Mia was 18 years old when we met at Macedonia Baptist Church in Blackville in the fall of 2021. Mia and Jarrell and the rest of the young adults in this room are scholarship recipients helped with a small amount of money given them by the Big Seven Association. Don't worry, I'll explain later. For now, I just want you to hear their answers to a question I asked this room. What scares you? Mia said, Being stuck here. Terrence Wallace said, Staying in this area like... When I go to college, like, I'm being progressive, and then I come back here and, like, I see the same people in the same spot, like, the, as, those, as the last time I left. Like, and I just don't want to do that. And then, of course, there is Jorel Banks. Living in the low country of South Carolina is survival of the fittest for everybody. That's the best way to explain it. Only the people that are willing to survive here, and I just want it more for myself than just surviving. I don't want to have to live paycheck to paycheck like my predecessors. You know, I want it to, uh, I just want it a better life for me. Jorel sees an almost apocalyptic vision of his future as if he's already watched it play out in a bad fever dream. Under everything he fears, it's really the fear of nothingness that drives him to stay in college studying political science all the way upstate at Clemson University, someplace far away from Barnwell where... You don't have ho adequate hospitals and adequate medical spaces. Um, and two, you die poor because of lack of industry. And I just feel like that's... My life is so much more. It means so much more to me than to just be content and complacent. 
with um, just dying that way. And unfortunately, there are some people, they have no choice. I don't have a choice. I'm having to raise my kids here. But if I had a choice to move, I would definitely move to anywhere in South Carolina versus here. Courtney Barwick grew up in Barnwell, just about a decade earlier than the young students looking to get away from here. We met sometime much later in a very different room. But different rooms and different times aside, Courtney shares a perspective with all those newly minted college students. She's just as aware of how much growing up in Barnwell weighs on you when you don't have the option to leave. There was no way out. There wasn't many opportunities. You were lucky if you got out, but I didn't see there was an opportunity for me to get out. It was just like I was stuck here. Courtney did find an escape. It just wasn't a good one. My sister, I was hanging out with her a lot, and she's older than me. Um, I looked up to her, and she started doing drugs in high school. I started doing drugs with her. It made, like, when she went to prison, it made it easier to, like, to deal with what I like losing her. And so I kept doing drugs, and then it just got worse and worse and worse. It just led to one thing to another, DSS case, going to rehab, getting out of rehab, getting back on drugs, you know, no one taking me seriously. I was, you know, I was a liar, a thief, a monster. No one would be around me, you know, and then... um. I, I haven't went to prison. I've only went to the Barnum County Jail. I've only went there. Um, I was there four months. My mom did not want to bomb me out. I was pregnant. I was um, sitting there four months, and luckily, she, you know, I, she finally bailed me out. But I honestly think it was because I was pregnant. Here, take a ride with me for a minute. I want to show you something. All right, so what do you see? Commercial building-wise, I mean, what do you see? I see a couple banks and a credit union. Maybe a financial advisor or two is floating around out here somewhere, but if they are, they're apparently easy to miss. I do see about two dozen title loan, payday, and pawn shops, though. Maybe it's better if I ask, what don't you see? I don't see a college or a hospital or a Whole Foods. If we count Dollar General several times, I see a few food markets, but certainly not a lot of places teeming with healthy food. Outside of the churches and a few good restaurants, I don't see a lot of places for people to gather. No movie theaters, art museums, dog parks. I see a few help-wanted signs, but not for the kinds of jobs that would make you much money. Barnwell County has 20,000 residents and 4,500 jobs. Just about half of those are in manufacturing or retail. And that's not a shot at anybody's job. I'm just saying those particular kinds of jobs just tend to pay the bills but not really build retirement nest eggs. I suppose what I really don't see in towns like Barnwell or Blackville or Elko or Williston are options. I wonder if you've ever thought about wealth as an abundance of options. I mean, that's what wealth really is, right? A measure of how many options you have? And it might be crude, but it is nevertheless reality that the fuel for most of your options is your money. And there's just not a lot of ways to make a lot of that here. And that's if you can even get a job in the first place. It's like, all right, the stuff that I was, the people that are already here, the jobs and stuff, they're already filled. It's like, okay, well, there's no more. You know, then there's like, oh, this plant is going to be open. And well, then the, all these people that don't have jobs here, they're going to run to that plant. So I might not be that one person that gets in there too, because I don't have a lot of experience. But how can I get experience if no one gives me that chance to get it? I mean, and I've never had that 
chance to get any experience because no one's willing to give it to me. Because all when you go fill out a resume, it asks, well, we recommend you have this much experience. How can I get that? You can't. I don't think you're not here. It's a beautiful place here, but sometimes it looks like it's good. Like there's a hundred jobs opening, but it's like, well, most of those have already been taken. You know, so, um, so that's definitely a struggle here. And it's like you cap out. Like I want to sometimes not have ceilings or cap out, but here it's like, you're going to cap out here, girl. Like this is it. You'll either leave this county or you'll cap out right here. Shannon Shepard grew up in Barnwell too. Not well, by the way. I started on the wrong road. So we, I grew up in a family where addiction was just normal. The payment for clothes came before we got shoes, clothes or anything. So that's why we struggled. I remember hunger pains as a child. So I definitely have felt poverty before. We've had the lights turned out. Um, we've slept in vehicles. Um, my mother's had to go sell her blood to the nearest blood bank so that we could like eat something. We definitely had some poverty, but it was like a generational thing poverty for us, um, and I think that made me, like, really want to get up out of here. Here is a universal truth about childhood. Whether you attend a prep school or sleep in cars while your mom sells blood for food, life will teach you how to survive. It just might not teach you benignly. So that probably, it was already in me that that I was going to survive if I lived that kind of lifestyle. I could survive it. And so I just got really strung out in my addiction, and had drug charges in and out, in and out for about a year, and I finally went to prison um, for manufacturing. Shannon actually did leave for what it's worth. In her teenage years, her family lived closer to Columbia. She came back every now and again to see her grandparents, but for the most part, she was out and far away from the place she says brought her way too much pain. And then she met a boy and fell in love, and he had some drug problems too and went to prison. And while he was in there, he found a calling from God. So when Jamie and Shannon got out, they got married, and then he became the pastor of a church on Marlboro Avenue in the city of Barnwell. I'll tell you what, it'll make you be like, I'm getting my kid. I will never have my kids in this town. So I kind of blamed this town for stuff. It was hard for me to come back here. Why did you? Because my husband, he he was called down here to preach at a church. Just so happened, we had come, and we were sharing our story everywhere when we got out of prison. And, um... This church kept praying over him for a while, and they offered to send him back to um, pastoral school, to send him to pastoral school. And um, so they let him intern there kind of while he was doing his schooling. And so then when he graduated, he they hired him as a full-time position. Now he works for the county, too, but I didn't want to. I was kicking and screaming, I'll tell you that right now. But I've healed a lot in the last six years since I've been here. I think a lot of my trauma took place in this town, and I put my pain on this place like there's things that I had blocked out and I would ride down a road and be like oh this happened in that house this happened so it's kind of been healing but I want more for the people in this community and when I see people sit in front of me I would never be able to even get on the same level with them if I hadn't been through some of the stuff. Today Shannon Shepard is an addiction counselor at Access One, Barnwell County's substance abuse treatment center. Her life on the wrong road allows her a special kind of empathy for people trying to put their lives back together, or maybe put them together in the first place. What I pause here to think about is this. There are places that will take more from you than they give, if you can't forgive them. I don't have the courage to forgive where I'm from. I just ran away and I don't look back. But people like Shannon find their peace in helping others survive places like Barnwell, 
and eventually forgive them. Which isn't easy when people trying to navigate this beautiful but unforgiving place are left to figure it all out for themselves, still reeling from the pain they feel just by being here. A very brief, immensely oversimplified history of Barnwell County's economy. This was once a hub for the cattle trade that gave way to the cotton trade. When southern cotton operations based on the labor of enslaved people got upended by the Civil War, it left most of the South without an economy now that slavery wasn't its driving engine. In an effort to recover as much as legally possible, landowners in Barnwell did what a lot of southern landowners after the war did. They got into sharecropping a primitive yet effective system of land debt through which landowners rented out small parcels to destitute farmers in exchange for a share of their crops. As you might have guessed, it was a great deal for landowners who got to make money and reap crops they didn't have to grow for themselves, and a crushing form of servitude for indigent farming families, white and black, but pretty disproportionately black, who could almost never buy their way out of debt no matter how many crops they grew. As you also might suspect, landless people who had a tough time improving their station in life 150 years ago could not beget wealth to their offspring, who today drive a median 32 minutes to work to make a median $22,463 a year. Something I've alluded to in this series is how history isn't really history if it's still affecting people the same way it did a long time ago. Well, think back to what Jarrell Banks and his friends said about getting out of here as soon as they can and put that in context with what David Kenner said in 1983. I kind of think back to the times that I was about to graduate. I think one of the major major pushes was just to leave here, get out of town. And some of the, some of the kids that we, um, we've um, interacted with, their desire to go. I want to get out and go. Um, really not sure where I want to go. Uh, maybe I didn't do so well in, in college. Well, not, I didn't do so well in high school. So military may be my option. Or... Tech school may be my option, or four-year institution may be my option. I just want to go. I want to get out from around, around this area. Timeless, isn't it? When David left, he spent six years in the Navy. And then he did something that he hopes, and we'll have to wait and see if, Jorel and Mia and Terrence and their friends do. He came back. There's a lot of them um, in the latter years that eventually make their way back. They're tired of the, the, the big city life or... They made their uh, mark, if you will, or uh, financial success, if you will, and now they just want to come back home. Well, home really hasn't expanded or done much um, since you've been gone, so definitely we need you. I told you I'd explain what the Big Seven Association is, and now I will. Big Seven is a nonprofit that David, who I should also mention as a Barnwell County Councilman and former mayor of Blackville, runs for Barnwell, Orangeburg, Bamberg, and Allendale area residents heading off to college. Big Seven gives small scholarships in exchange for an essay and a willingness to remember where you come from. We tell our our students that we award those particular scholarships, you know, go off and, you know, be all you can be, (laughs) kind of like the army, whatever, do the the great things you need to do and make your mark in this world. But please, ma'am, please, sir, do not forget home if you cannot come back home or bring a job back um, this way or, you know, any type of employment, type, you know, different type of activities, um, do your best you can to, to direct 
anything back here to help those that are coming behind you as those that went before you have been helping um, helping you to get to this point. People aren't coming back, though. Not as many as are going. This is a small rural area. Uh, we just got our census data in, and we, we show an overall dip of near 9%. That's since 2010. In fact, over the 2010s, Barnwell was one of 24 South Carolina counties that lost population. All 24 were rural, by the way. Why that matters in terms of debt is because without a healthy population, you can't attract business. Without new business, there is no economic growth. Without economic growth... People are not able to survive on the, the incomes that they have, and all of that ultimately results in huge debt burdens. That's the express version, courtesy of Sue Berkowitz of SC Appleseed. A more nuanced version has to factor in who's staying in the counties being hollowed out. Surprise, it's the people who can't afford to go anywhere. And an even more nuanced version has to factor in the role of race. Now, nobody's saying that poverty and debt and lack of mobility don't affect white people. You heard Courtney Barwick say she would literally like to live anywhere in South Carolina that isn't Barnwell if she could, and Courtney is white. But poverty and debt, especially the generational kind, hit a whole other way if you're black. And especially in, in counties where there's really high debt burdens, the disparity. I mean, when you look at the difference between communities of color and white folk, it just shows what a difference it is when you have ability to rely on either, when I say family wealth, just some family assets or the privilege of maybe being able to get into a little bit of a higher paying job. All of that is really stark. Now, I'm not going to bury you with studies, but I will refer to one from Harvard that shows pretty overwhelming evidence that black people in America get stuck in poverty at many times the rate of white people, even if born to the same economic circumstances. So would it surprise you then to know that the three most populous cities in Barnwell County, Barnwell, Blackville, and Williston, are all at least half black where median annual incomes range from less than $18,000 to just over twenty-five, where just about 40% live below the poverty line. Would it surprise you to know that in Blackville, where 8 in 10 residents are African-American, a third don't have a car, and yet live an average 30 minutes drive from any place to work? And the best place to get a job anywhere near here, usually, is the Savannah Riverside nuclear plant. As Savannah Riverside has taken up much of Baltimore County, so we have less land mass, number one. You know, it's just that much less resources to draw on a reference to a, a tax base. So you kind of put that into a, a struggling area, economy. School districts that have a, a problem attracting quality teachers and the inability to pay those teachers, it all just kind of ripples, ripples back downhill. So yeah, even the best employer in the place comes with a caveat. There's the sound of tomorrow. In this joyous banter are the voices of children who will grow up to be cops and nurses and architects, teachers and designers and manufacturers, drug sellers and drug users and petty criminals. That shock you? To think some of these children will grow up to see the insides of rehab centers and jail cells and shabby homes? Well, some will. 
What's more debatable is why some will. And that's a question we can't really answer fully here. But we can look at the one institution that usually gets the blame when kids don't grow up to be productive members of society, schools. So the hard part about our school district and kind of education universally is the schools become the hub of every opportunity for every child. I'd like you to meet Felicia Cuthbertson, Williston parent, former school board member, and former teacher. We talked over lunch about what schools do, could do, and can't do to prepare kids from a place like Barnwell County for the adult world. And there is some nuance here, because Williston's public schools do offer a variety of classes, including financial literacy, but that breadth of opportunity, or dare I say options, means that there are other things kids would rather take. Personal finance is a course that I have taught um, my students at the charter school is offered in Williston, but it's also on the same chart or menu with entrepreneurship or engineering or automotive or cosmetology. By the way, personal finance isn't mandated, so it's up to the kids to see the value in taking it. That's a hard sell when there are practical career paths in one classroom and a more sophisticated version of home ec in the other. And practical is an important word for this conversation. For as lovely as Barnwell County is, and for its many wonderful qualities, this is not a place for dreamy abstraction. And that shows in the kinds of services districts like Williston offer to students. I don't know that the school could do any more than they do. (laughs) The students receive mental health services in our school, pregnancy prevention through Access One is done in the school. Alcohol and drug abuse counseling is done in the schools. Again, the schools do career ed. I just don't know that we can put more in that building. So schools in Barnwell County are trying to help, and they are, Felicia says, doing the best job they can. The problem is the schools, because they are in a place where there is no industry, where there is no hospital, where there is no real social scene for anyone moving in, are not a draw for new teachers. Let's say I'm in Florence. And so Williston School District or Barnwell's Consolidated School District post a vacancy. <clears throat> and so I'm excited. I call my parent and I say, hey, I got a job offer down in Williston. And they ask, where are you going to stay? So their advice is probably, we'll get a rental place and then you'll kind of figure out the area. When they go to apartment.com or any of the rental places, there is nothing here. And if they apply to us early, then they find out Well, Aiken County has a school district that has vacancies. They have a higher salary. And they're not 30 minutes from my apartment now. They're three minutes. What doesn't help, says David Kenner, are the differences between the have districts and the have not districts in the already struggling county. Uh, We remember a time going through from the various school districts. You know, there's some that had the the iPads and whiteboards, et cetera, and things. And then the other school districts, you know, pretty much chalk. Like we came along, you know, chalk on the, um, on the blackboard there, that kind of thing. So and those two things happening at the same time was very striking um, that we were actually dealing with. And a lot of districts are still um, dealing with that as well now. So, Hidden under all of this is a question no one really seems to have a good answer for. What exactly are schools and career centers in Barnwell County preparing students for? The same way school districts in Barnwell County are struggling to lure and keep good teachers, remember, the county is struggling to lure industries that look to expand in places full of skilled, prepared workers. So as we attract industry, those that can be can garner um, to come in here and say, oh, yeah, yeah, we do have a prepared workforce for you um, as well. So trying to build those relationships to at least hear from the ones that are here 
and the ones that are probably uh, maybe interested to come here, you know, hey, uh, what do you need so now that we can relay that back to the schools to hopefully prepare them for an opportunity uh, when they leave here. When they leave here. That is rural South Carolina's lingering dilemma. How do you reach a critical mass of desirable workers without them leaving for literally anywhere else? So many of the young people who can do more than what their surroundings offer go. And those who know they're going to stay don't feel much motivation to reach for anything. And that's something for Alicia Cuthbertson says catches a lot of people unprepared when their daily routines break. There's a chicken plant in Batesburg, which is kind of one of the local manufacturers that you can get a job at without a GED. And so for individuals in our community that don't have that GED, that's kind of their next step. But what they don't really plan for, nobody talks about, is when the person that you're riding with no longer goes to work there, what is your plan? You know, every now and again, there is an actual coincidence in life. Mine is a woman I met the first time I ever went to Barnwell two years ago, Sharon Carter, whose life hit this exact scenario. Sharon grew up around these parts and just turned 65. Last year sometime, she lost her ride to work at this very chicken processing plant in Batesburg and subsequently lost her job. Right now, I'm getting older and just trying to prepare myself to retire and have, you know, healthy, take care of your body and everything, but... It's not that bad because you can get food. And that's something, the food is so high. And then a lot of people probably don't have as much. Yeah, but it's okay. I catch up with Sharon at the home of a mutual friend, Cheryl Long. Sharon cleans this house of many rooms to help that prep for retirement that she's talking about. And sitting next to her in Cheryl's living room, I can't help but notice that this tiny woman who looks like a stiff breeze could carry her off, has the kind of honestly earned muscles people spend years dieting and going to the gym to get. They belie a life of hard work and life lessons from her mother and grandmother about how to make your way here. My grandma always, you know, it's not maybe what you don't, what you want to do, but the honest dollar to her was great. You know, she washed, worked for white folks. My mom cleaned house. She walked to work 25 years for the principal, white principal. They weren't even integrated, but she walked. They were at least three miles a day and walked back. And my grandma used to, this is what I remember. She had, you know, they had them wash pots. She would wash sheets and linens for white folks. I used to see her have a pot and wash the um, sheets. And then she'd have something to start them. And then she'd arrange them. Then she'd take a smooth iron, put it up there and iron them. And every day she would take those clothes and fold them, but she was making money. You know, yeah, I'm, it's no problem because you've you got to want to work right now. I have been to the fields, a few fields, and, and I've been making long for 20-something years. But it's... I, I don't regret it. I was, I was happy and satisfied because I was getting the things that we needed. Sharon lives in a trailer home that she bought a long time ago that isn't in good shape anymore. She got it with some money from her mother, who had saved it up over the years without the assistance of a bank. The reason I wanted you to meet Sharon Carter is because more than anybody I've met in Barnwell these past two years, 
Sharon is the complexity of this place. Someone who stayed and made her way. Someone who sees opportunity in every job she gets. Someone who believes in the value of hard work. And someone whose gratitude for everything that's good in her life supersedes all. And yet, it's hard to separate her from the hard realities of her life. Raised in a time when being black was pretty much all you got to be around here, and brought up without the dreams of getting away that both haunt and liberate the young people preparing to start their working lives, just as Sharon is preparing to put hers to bed. I'm drawn back to something Jorel Banks said about only the fittest surviving here, and I look again at Sharon Carter's strength. I can see it in her arms, in her face, in her eyes. I'm not really certain what I want them to tell me, but I am certain she'll survive. How about a couple of numbers to close us out? 5.1. That was Barnwell County's unemployment rate this past August. Right near the top of the worst unemployment rates in the state list, which, for the record, is owned by Marlborough County, which could just as easily have been the focus of this very same story. 468. That's how many employers were in Barnwell County to begin with in the first quarter of 2022. That's one employer for every 43 and a half residents. The statewide average is one company for every 32 and a half South Carolinians. Two out of three is the number of employers who employ fewer than five people in Barnwell County. And finally, 19. That's the number that originally brought me here. Remember the first thing that I told you in the opening episode of this series about the Urban Institute report on debt burden in U.S. counties, where South Carolina factored in at a rate skyscrapers above every other state in the union? Well, Barnwell County came in at number 19 on that list. Only Allendale County has a worse ratio of citizens to debt burden in South Carolina. And all these numbers, all these voices, all these dreams of a life lived anywhere but here, all that is the sum of history, the lack of investment, and the dearth of opportunities that plague places like Barnwell County and Marlboro County and Dillon County and Cherokee County, Saluda County, Williamsburg County, all the places where population is shrinking as South Carolinians look for new lives in Columbia, Greenville, Charlotte, Atlanta, anywhere but here. On the next episode of Indebted, a look at short-term lending from a point of view not usually heard. There were two styles of company that I said I'd never work at, and one of them was a title loan company, and they recruited me. They found my resume on LinkedIn and called me one day, and this guy painted this big, beautiful picture, and it was a little more money than I was making, so I said, what the heck, let's take a shot. Little did I realize what I was in store for. The Insiders, next time on Indebted. Indebted is a production of South Carolina Public Radio. Executive producer Sean Birch, producer is A.T. Shire. Our fact checker is Keelan Bailey. A sincere and deeply felt thanks to all those voices you heard in this episode and to the many more voices who spoke to me without wanting to be identified. You can find all episodes of this podcast at southcarolinapublicradio.org slash indebted. Thank you, of course, for listening. I'm Scott Morgan. Go be good to the world.